From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. 80% of the lung cancers discovered through screening are early stage and mostly curable, but only about 2% of the people eligible for lung cancer screening actually undergo the test. For help making sense of this is Dr. Jason Wallen in the HealthLink on Air studio. He's the medical director of the Thoracic Oncology Program and the division chief of thoracic surgery at Upstate. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Wallen. Thank you. Now, Upstate's thoracic oncology program is 20 years old this month, so I've been doing some research on lung cancer, and I was surprised by these numbers. 80% is encouraging, but why are only 2% of the people who qualify for screening actually coming in to have it done? Uh, it's a great question. I think uh, a big problem is awareness. Um, and I think uh, a lot of people, there's a lot of fear uh, associated with lung cancer. I think as human beings, uh, we're all very nervous to be told uh, that we're sick or that we've got a major health problem and it becomes easy to ignore it. And uh, I think there's also a perception that everybody who has lung cancer does poorly anyway. People don't want to be told to stop smoking. You know, there's a lot of uh, negativity surrounding uh, appointments like this. And uh, I think I'm the same way. You know, you, you just want to avoid unpleasantness. But I think the statistics that you quoted are really, really important because uh, not only are 80% of the lung cancers detected on screening uh, early stage, um, also 80% of early stage lung cancers are curable. So if you do come in and find out that you've got something, the sooner you get it looked at or treated, maybe the better odds. It makes a huge difference because if you look at the older statistics, just broadly speaking, uh, only about 20% of lung cancer patients survive if you're looking at all stages. And uh, unfortunately, historically, the vast majority of lung cancers are, dis are discovered at a late stage. And I think that another thing that uh, goes with awareness, and, and we hear a lot from patients, is that, you know, how can I have a lung cancer? I feel fine. And, uh, and that's a, a huge um, problem because you don't want to find a lung cancer when it's causing a problem, when it's causing symptoms, because that invariably means that it's an advanced stage and our cure rates go way down. So the time to find it is when it isn't causing any problem at all. And so the people who are feeling fine, who are at risk for lung cancer, are really the ones we want in screening. In fact, it's not even called screening anymore once you have symptoms. Um, then you're trying to evaluate a specific symptoms. Screening, by definition, is for patients who don't have any problems at all, and those are the ones that we're most likely to save. So let's talk about what's involved in lung cancer screening. Um, what's, how is it done? So it's one of the uh, easier tests that we do. Uh, it involves a CT scan of the chest, which is a painless x-ray. It's a low-dose version of the CT scans that we do for many other tests, which means that less radiation is used. Um, they do not use uh, intravenous contrast dye, which is also used in a lot of CT scans. And that's important because it makes the test longer. Uh, there are uh, some few patients who are allergic to the dye, and there are some other health problems which makes using the dye more dangerous. And so uh, when you don't use the dye, it makes the test faster, safer, and easier. You don't have to get any blood tests before it. Uh, you can literally come in and out and, and be done with the whole thing in 15 minutes. And 
much like women getting a mammogram, you get a letter uh, a week or so later telling you uh, either everything is fine or if there's anything else that needs to be done uh, pursuant to the exam. Now, it, this is relatively new technology? or I mean, CT scans have been around, but... Right, yeah, the technology is very old. The uh, What's new is our understanding of uh, how we can prevent people getting to advanced stage lung cancers or prevent lung cancer deaths with the use of CT scan. People have been trying to find a screening test for lung cancer for decades, and there have been many tests. The most common one was a chest x-ray, um, and the problem with chest x-rays are they do not detect lung cancers early enough for us to be able to make a difference. Sure, you can find lung cancers, but the key is really to find them at an early stage where you can change the outcome. If you find it in an advanced stage, then chances are uh, if you waited until the patient had symptoms, the outcome would be the same. And so, like I said, we, we really, uh, the, the earth-shattering revelation when CT screening came into effect was that here there actually was a test where we could very reliably detect these cancers at an early and very treatable stage. Now, let me ask you an insurance question. Mm -hmm. um, Medicare pays for this test for most people, right? Or for people who are qualified? That's correct. So as long as the patient uh, meets the criteria for lung cancer screening, um, then uh, all insurances will pay for the CT scan. Okay, that's um, good, good there, to know. There is an additional requirement um, in that uh, that you do have to have a discussion with your doctor um, about CT screening. And uh, the reason is, is because with CT screening comes a fair bit of responsibility. Um, so one thing you have to understand is, is that the vast majority of the lesions that we find on CT screening are actually benign and are not lung cancers. And that's one of the reasons why we don't like doing a lot of x-rays on people who don't have any problems, is we find things that we don't want to or don't need to find. And that does cause some anxiety and unfortunately sometimes leads to additional medical procedures that perhaps might not have otherwise been necessary. And so it's very important that patients do have an understanding of that and also that they don't really get so anxious or so freaked out when they find something because particularly in smokers we find lots of little nodules and spots and scars and things from uh, you know oftentimes a lifetime of, of ongoing lung damage and uh, it's up to us uh, in the thoracic oncology program or to other providers to kind of sort through the data that comes on the CT scan and try to determine what are the things that are worrisome and what are the things that are not and and that, you know, sometimes uh, there's additional follow-up studies, you know, typically lung cancer screening CAT scans are done once a year, but if we find things, oftentimes we need to do a CT scan sooner. Sometimes that means that there are biopsies or minor surgical procedures that need to be done or will be recommended. And, uh, and then there's a responsibility for ongoing follow-up. And so, it, you know, screening works if we continue to do it. This is Upstate Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Jason Wallen, the Medical Director of the Thoracic Oncology Program and Division Chief of Thoracic Surgery at Upstate. Well, you mentioned that these scans may show nodules or things that, that aren't cancerous, that are benign. So how do you, I guess, walk me through what you do when, when you do find something on one of these scans. Um, how, how do you give that information to the patient, and how do you decide if one of those areas needs to do further treatment or a biopsy? 
So uh, it helps to have a fair bit of expertise in the subject, and to that effect, um, we have a dedicated chest radiology team uh, with folks who only look at scans of the chest, so they're not people who are looking at your knee x-ray and your back x-ray, you know, they, they really just focus on, on looking at these things. So there's a high level of expertise uh, that goes into determining uh, from an x-ray or a CT scan, you know, is this something worrisome or not? And there's a lot of different characteristics uh, of you know, whatever you want to call it. You know, we, we hear a lot of words that people use to describe the findings on CAT scans. People talk about nodules, spots, lumps, shadows. Uh, these things all mean the same thing. Uh, but for us, you know, we're looking at very specific radiographic characteristics. And what we're trying to avoid is sticking a needle in everything. You know, we want to be somewhat sophisticated about what needs to be biopsied and what doesn't so we can minimize uh, the uh, stress and complications that can come from finding things, like I said, that don't need to be found. Unfortunately, all medical procedures come with the potential for a complication. Sure. And uh, even on the best uh, surgeon's best day, the chance of having problems is not zero. And so we want to minimize the number of unnecessary things that we do. So you mentioned that people may come every year, like a woman goes for a mammogram every year. You may come for lung cancer screening. Do they look at the scans from previous years for comparison? They do, yep. Uh, particularly if there are nodules that are seen. You know, if there are no nodules, then you don't need to compare uh, as much. But if there is a nodule that you find, the first thing you want to do is look at older studies. And in fact, even if you're coming for your first CT screening uh, and you have some kind of a finding that's abnormal, the first thing the radiologist is going to want to know is if you had any other x-rays or scans somewhere else. Because um, obviously we found out that, sure, you have something that looks suspicious, but it's been there for 20 years, the chance that it's a lung cancer is pretty unlikely. So that's really helpful, and that can save us a lot of procedures. Well, I want to talk about who is a candidate, um, what, what the criteria are for lung cancer screening, but I want to let listeners know um, that they can call uh, Upstate Connect at 315-464-8668 for additional information. Um, anyone who ever smoked, does that make them qualify for lung cancer screening? No, it doesn't. And, and that's a frustration for a lot of smokers because some people who don't meet the criteria are frustrated because they feel like they're being excluded. And it's one of the important things uh, to understand about screening studies are is that in order for them to make sense for society, they have to be able to detect uh, lesions often enough and at an early enough stage where you can intervene. And so when they did the clinical trials to establish lung cancer screening, they, they chose a patient population which they the, the uh, investigators thought would be a high-risk population. And so they picked people who were between the ages of 55 and 79 who had been smoking for many years. We always talk about uh, quote-unquote pack year history when we're describing smokers. And it's a simple calculation where you multiply the number of packs per day that a smoker smoked times the number of years that they were smoking. And it gets a little complicated sometimes because a lot of people didn't smoke the same amount uh, throughout their entire smoking history. And sometimes they quit for a year or two and then started again. And so you, you kind of have to make your best uh, shot at an accurate calculation, but we're looking at people who have a 30-pack year history of smoking and also people who quit less than 15 years ago. And so, for better or for worse, that was the study population, and it was found in this trial that if you did a low-dose radiation CT scan once a year on these people that meet these criteria, then you decrease their chance of dying from a lung cancer by 20%. 
And so when we say that you can't get a screening CT scan because you don't meet the criteria, it's not a saying that we can't help you with a CT scan, but this is the population that we know we can benefit. And so that's why the insurance companies pay for it, because we know that we have an impact on that group. And further clinical trials would have to be performed to evaluate the utility for people who are perhaps younger, perhaps older, or people who smoked less. So, so you said uh, age 55, and then in this study it was to 79. Correct. Is that because lung cancer typically shows up in older people? That's correct. Okay. Um, now what about some of, some people who undergo the screening are still smoking? That's correct. So you don't have to have quit in order to qualify? Absolutely not. But that's another reason why a visit with uh, your primary care provider or other interested doctor is important because uh, if you're still smoking, we want to help you to quit is obviously we want to decrease your risk of lung cancer as much as possible. And so uh, some discussion of smoking cessation is mandatory in the decision to initiate lung cancer screening. You don't have to quit, um, but we do have to talk to you about quitting and try to provide your resources to quit. Because obviously there are many ways to decrease the chances of dying from lung cancer. Getting CAT scans is one of them. Another one is stopping smoking. Now, someone who smoked long ago, say as a teenager, and quit, and has been quit for more than 15 years, it, are they just, is their risk so much lower because they quit so long ago that they don't qualify, or what's the reasoning for that? That's what it is. I mean, somebody who quit a long time ago uh, probably also means they didn't smoke for very long, and so their exposure is limited. And so uh, the understanding is is that the risk of lung cancer is uh, markedly less in people who uh, smoked many years ago and who didn't smoke very much. So we do, you know, get questions from patients who smoked when they were in college, and you know, or smoked when they were in the military, and and then quit when they finished or exited those times in their lives. And they may have even smoked very heavy for three, four, or five years, but that's not going to get them into the so-called high-risk group. That doesn't mean they can't get a lung cancer. I mean, anybody can get any cancer at any time. Uh, there are just certain things that uh, we do that increase our risks of, of, of developing, you know, certain cancers. And so, you know, like I said, we're, we're, that's why we have to focus our attention on the high-risk populations, because as you start expanding, suddenly before you know it, you're scanning everybody, and we can't be running, you know, every single New Yorker through a CAD scan every year. Right. Now, isn't the rate of lung cancers in non-smokers rising? That may be true. Um, I think a bigger problem is that uh, awareness is going up and a lot of people are quitting smoking. And so those non-smokers are, uh, are generating more attention. Um, you know, I think a lot of people who would have been non-smokers who developed lung cancers 30 or 40 years ago were much more likely to be in smoking. And so you saw those folks a lot less. Well, thank you to the medical director of the Thoracic Oncology Program at Upstate, Dr. Jason Wallen. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.